Welcome back to another episode of Touch Icing. I'm Tony Picknich. Alongside me here, Eric Johnson and Tyler Dies, Trish as we call him, finally joining us for an episode. Uh, Hello. Trish, welcome to the show. You're the third part of this three-headed monster that we call this show. And (laughs) since you're coming on, we have to give you the uh, trivia question that would grant you admission onto the show now we we asked you it once we had technical difficulties and you got it wrong so we're giving you another chance we're going to ask you a different question surrounding a different player are you ready yes tell me what team wayne gretzky ended his career on oh mother fuck really new york rangers i know <laughs> yes that he got it he got that one there it is oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah he is clear to be on the show so we're going to move to our first topic now we're going to talk about the 2018 Hart Trophy winner, Taylor Hall. It has come out this week that the Colorado Avalanche have no interest in pursuing him in free agency when they were rumored to be one of the biggest uh, destinations for Hall when he was being traded from New Jersey. And now they have no interest in him. Now, when we break down destinations where Taylor Hall could land, who, who is really at the uh, forefront of that discussion? I think there's three. I think it's Calgary, Boston, and Pittsburgh. I think those are the big three. And then you see maybe a drop-off in Dallas is in Tier 2. I don't see Boston wanting to pay that much money for him. I mean, they're already having troubles with cap space. I don't see them taking on a Taylor Hall contract, $10 million a year. That's a little pricey. Well, let's well, talk heard- about the Hall contract real quick. Yeah. Because if he would have resigned with New Jersey last July, I think New Jersey would have paid him twelve, twelve and a half million a year. Oh, they would have. Now with him, his value has definitely declined. He has injury questions, although he hasn't really been injured this year. What do you think Taylor Hall's worth on the open market? I'll start with Eric. What do you think he's worth? I can't see him getting paid more than Panarin. I'd say nine. Nine and a half. Trish, what do you think? I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to try to land anywhere where he's not going to make 10. I mean, I could see him re-signing with someone like Arizona, taking a $10 million contract. You know, I know he's not happy there. It seems like he's not happy anywhere, really. He goes somewhere, says he's having a great time, and then as soon as things start breaking down in contract negotiations, he's like, I hate it here. I've always hated it here. I mean, you saw it with Edmonton. You see it. You saw it with Jersey. And I think we're going to see the same thing in Arizona once he leaves. He's going to be like, this was my worst, you know, playing experience, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He says the money is just as important to him as the ability to win. And when you're in a team that's in a position to win now, you're not really looking to hand out $10 million contracts to free agents. That really doesn't happen. Yeah. The the teams that I could see handing out the type of money are your teams that are bottom-level teams. You're Ottawa. You're Detroit, but I don't think he would go there because there's not that big of a chance they win. Now, they you also, don't know what's going to happen with Ottawa if they win the draft lottery. I mean, that's a franchise-altering thing. But Yeah, but I mean, it's not franchise-altering right away, and that's what Hall wants. He wants to win now. He doesn't want to win in a couple of years because he knows he's getting up there in age. He doesn't have a couple of years. He's Especially got, with the know, injuries, too. Yeah, he's got maybe like four or five more years left in the league, and they're not going to be his best years. I think the best Taylor Hall we've seen is that year, you know, that uh, Hartman with him on Jersey. That was his best season. You, you can make the argument he's one knee injury away from really having his career cut 
insanely short. And that's the, why the Devils trade him when they did. Yes. Because they were afraid he was going to get hurt. And that's why a team would be very cautious to take him on a long-term deal. Like an eight-year or seven-year, if, if he goes the other, uh, the not Arizona route, seven-year, ten-a-year would be? 770? That, I think seven, that's about right. 70 over seven? I mean, that would be a huge risk. But if you're a team that needs that kind of big-name guy, that's why – I don't think it's a smart move for any team to give him the money, but I feel like if there's a team that's close enough to win now and they feel like Taylor Hall's that piece, I really feel like Calgary is the team to offer him that kind of money and term. It's just a lot of term, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay seven. I'd pay maybe yeah. three. Yeah, but like you got to – Long term, I don't think he's getting it. He's not going to take well, that's three. The, that's the thing. He's going to take the longest term he can get. We're going to see him go to a team that's going to sign him to the longest. He might even turn down some money just for term. Like a team might offer him 11 or 12 over three, but he's probably not going to take that. He's probably going to dip and go to somewhere that's going to offer him, you know, 10 million or 9 million over seven. And this is where you see the, really the faults and the philosophy of his agent, Darren Ferris, because Darren Ferris always advises his clients to not sign early, to wait out as much as humanly possible and sign that contract. Now, this is a situation where Taylor Hall, if he would have signed early, he'd be getting way more money. He probably would have doubled his current contract to $6 million if he would have signed with New Jersey in July. And he would have gotten if seven he waits till next July. He, gotten, he, pr he probably would have gotten eight with New Jersey. Yeah, he would have gotten term and he would have gotten money, and it would have been so much better for him. But he decided to say, fuck you to Jersey. So Jersey said, fuck you to him right back and sent him out to Arizona. Now, if, if he would have doubled his contract with New Jersey, you would have been looking at an eight-year, $96 million deal. Oh, no. No, I'm good. You're frozen for some oh, no. reason. You're oh, no. Oh, okay. Thank still God. Here. Don't worry. That's, that's 12 million a year. Yeah, that's 12 million a year. See, this is, see, we've got to work out the whole bugs of working on Zoom. It's different than having you across a table. Yeah, it's hard. So let's, uh, let's move to our next topic here, and we're going to talk about uh, this new NHL proposal. The rumors are out that they're going to go straight to a 2014 playoff, and uh, I don't know much about where it comes to where they're playing. We have states saying they're willing to – states and provinces really saying they're willing to allow teams to play there. And you could really break the NHL down to four different sections and play them out in different parts of the country. Uh, Florida says they're open. Arizona says they're open. The I know the uh, I don't know what they have in uh, British Columbia. I, it's not a governor. I don't really know what it is. But he said he's spoken with the commissioner about possibly having Vancouver be a hub city. I know Toronto's starting to loosen up now too in the province of Ontario. Uh, so I saw. Uh that Batman said that there's no way he's not playing at the end of the season. I think we're so definitely do, having the season. We're definitely having a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Well, whenever not, I'm not saying happen. I'm saying what he what, what it looked like to me was he was saying he's wanting to play out the end of this regular season and then play the playoffs too. See, I heard the exact opposite. I think that that regular season idea was the original plan, but it has changed greatly since then. Because of Damn. the just the longevity that this is going on for. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams, a lot of players on teams like, uh, I think it was Drew Doughty came out and was against having to play more games he didn't have to, and then he just slandered any kind of team that would win the Stanley Cup this year and said it wouldn't count. 
Yeah, because this team is a bottom three team in the league. But if we move on here, and we do have a 24-team playoff, we discussed this last week what a format could look like. Let's say a 2014 yeah. format is a ginormous success and you have seven lottery teams this year. Could we possibly see the NHL move to a 2014 playoff permanently in the future if it brings in – granted, it won't bring in the amount of money as if there were fans, but if it brings in – if it has the potential to bring in more revenue in the future, could we see the NHL move to a 2014 playoff per, uh, permanently and then have eight teams – in the draft lottery. Well, I well, think that isn't that what they used to do? Didn't they used to do that? What? Uh, didn't they used to have like a 2014 playoff back in the 80s? No, it wasn't 24 teams. It was uh when you look at percentage wise of how much of the league it was, it was over 50% of the league made the playoffs. So yeah, it's the, very the league the that. league got bigger, the playoffs did not. See, that think, that makes sense. I think with what we're seeing in other sports you know, we saw baseball do it. We saw football do it. They're trying to expand the playoffs just because they've seen that playoffs is where they make the most money, right? And they see all these teams every year on the bubble or kind of close to it with big fan bases. And they're like, we could make a lot of money off of these teams if they could make the playoffs and then maybe make something happen and go on to a second round or third round or whatever. So they're going to we're going to see how all this goes. And I think that goes for a lot of sports right now, not just hockey, but, you know, the, definitely the NHL is going to keep an eye on how, how this playoff format goes, how it's received by the fans and how people enjoy it or don't enjoy it, what the problems could be with it. Maybe not a 2014 playoff, maybe a slightly smaller, you know, increase to the playoffs. Like but a, I like a think, 20? Yeah, like I think we could see an increase to the amount of teams they're allowing to make the playoffs every year just to get some of those bubble teams in. We have 16 right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's a 16-team playoff currently, eight from each conference. And the league's getting bigger. It will be 32 teams starting in, what, 21-22 Seattle's supposed to be in? Presumably, yeah. unless – Well, unless... this might throw a hand, hand, uh, yeah. wrench in that. But I think it's it's totally – Feasible. I mean, as Trish said, leagues are expanding playoffs. The NFL is going to 14 teams this year. Uh, baseball's looking always to add more teams. And I think hockey, playoff hockey is the best aspect of hockey. And you would have hockey run a little bit longer with an extra round added. You would go a little bit later in June. And the only thing that could possibly hurt is when it comes to start of free agency or the NHL draft date. But and those are – Back a month. Yeah, th those are things you can push back, and it's not really a problem. And you can still really have free agency start the same day if you have the, the league – if they have the playoffs end on, like, June 17th, 18th. Like, that's not that much of a problem. So, let's uh, – I think – Go ahead. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to see this season that there are players whose contracts are expiring, and if those teams are in the playoffs, how they're going to handle that. They're supposed to expire July 1st, right? That's the date. And now we're going to – it looks like we're going to have hockey beyond July 1st, especially if you put a 2014 playoff in. If you put a yeah, 2014 so, playoff in, do you make the first round seven games? I don't think so. I don't think you can. I think you make it three. And then once you get to 16 teams, like the normal amount of teams in the playoffs, then you can make them seven games. And then we – yeah, and then we and go let back it go. to normal. Because Crosby said the other day that he wants it to be uh, 
he wants at least four rounds of seven-game series. He wants it to be this, the usual grind it is to win the Stanley Cup. See, but that's the thing. If we're going to start extend, expending the playoffs, then we can't expect it to be the same difficulty as it's always been. It, it's going to change, and that, I think, is a good thing. I think it's going to – you know, players have gotten a lot better. Teams have gotten a lot better. Equipment's gotten a lot better. I think it would be nice to see a little bit more of a challenge to actually win the cup than the same challenge it was a hundred years ago almost. I mean, Eric heard me talk about it last week. If you give those top four teams in each conference a bye, and then uh, the division winners. Yeah, the division winners. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I have a whole plan to fix the NHL divisions. It follows the NFL's model. You know, if there's four divisions in each conference. And if you win your division, you get a first-round bye. And then the first round of the playoffs would be uh, 5 versus 12, 6 versus 11, 7 versus 10, 8 versus 9, which would be – and that would just be a three-game series, and that would be so sick. And then you just reseed. The and then you, you reseed in the second round, and it would give an ultimate advantage. It, like, there'd be a real prize to winning the division. Yeah. It would also make the divisions a lot more competitive. Again, we're saying this coming off a year where no division winner advanced past the first round last year. Yep. But, see, that's also what, I'm, uh, what I was just thinking. Last year we saw the sweep series where we saw that Columbus. rest kills. Rest absolutely kills when it comes to playoff hockey. When we saw all those teams going seven games and then going in against the team that just swept the last team they played and then sweeping that team, and then they're going in and getting slaughtered because another team they're playing is hot. Like, it's, it's all about that momentum. These players, when they're rested, aren't doing their best in, in the playoffs. So I think that that's definitely something that players would have to work on. They'd have to look at the problems they, that a lot of these teams had last year and go, okay, how can we keep ourselves up? Like, maybe let's, let's practice more during our little time to rest. Like, we can't take this, you know, a bye week. They couldn't take that bye week as like, okay, we don't have to do anything, we're the best. They'd have to actually play and practice and work hard so that when they come game time, they're not just, you know, lackadaisical and unprepared. What was it last year? Uh, was it the Islanders who swept and then got swept the next round by Carolina? And yes. then Carolina got swept by Boston? Yep. <laughs> it was crazy. And, and all the teams that had been – that got swept in that series – we're playing a team that had just played seven game series. We're throwing the so, Islanders about Pittsburgh too. What hmm? do you mean about Pittsburgh? The Islanders swept Pittsburgh, then yeah. got swept by Carolina. Yeah, and then Carolina yeah. got swept by Boston. Carolina Boston didn't play up. seven games the series before that; they played six against Columbus. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, but still, it's an extended. Then, but Carolina uh, went seven with Washington in the first round, mm-hmm. which was and that was a double overtime game too. series. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was that, a hell of a fun. game. All right, so we're going to talk about arenas because that's what we said we're going to talk about at the end of last episode. Each of us here have been to a certain amount of arenas around the NHL, and we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go to, uh, person by person to what arena they've been to. Let's start with Eric. Eric, what arenas have you been to around the NHL? Okay, so I have been to six. I have been to Prudential. Are we counting Continental? Yeah, we're counting Continental. Seven. <laughs> Uh, Continental, Prudential, MSG, Barclays, Nassau, Wells Fargo, and Capital One. So that's seven. 
All right. I, I've been to five Continental, um, Prudential, Barclays Center, TD Garden, and then Scotiabank up in Toronto. Trish, what about you? I've been, I've been to uh, three. <laughs> I've been to uh, Prudential and then Barclays and Scotiabank up in Toronto. I was a week away from going to Toronto before this whole Yep, and then the whole thing hit. That sucks. So let's uh, – what, what was the most electric atmosphere you've ever been in when it comes to an arena and a game you were at? Eric, Eric let's start with you again. Um, loudest building by far, not even close, is Nassau. Not even it's, close. It's so small. It's all concrete. So small, and it echoes. It absolutely mm. echoes. Now, again, I was a week away from going to Toronto. I wish I, wish I could have gone. I probably would have said that for most electric. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go Capital One. I really like Capital One. Wells Fargo's close. But Capital One, man, when that team is on, they are they are passionate group of fans. Trish, what about you? I definitely say Toronto. I mean, that was a nothing game against the Canucks that we went to. And it was just packed from floor to ceiling, fans everywhere. Literally, we paid $100 American to sit mm. beyond the nosebleeds. We sat up by the fucking – In the uh, catwalk. Yeah. We, we sat, sat, we sat right next to the offices where the league officials sit for, like, to watch. And the general manager's box, that's how high up we were. We were it in folding really... chairs sitting looking <laughs> It was a really cool experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, definitely worth the 100 that I spent. It's loud. It's electric. The fans are crazy passionate about their team. And you don't see a lot of fans of the other team there. Like, we went and what did they win? 6-1? Something like that? 5 nothing. 5 nothing. That game was just nuts. And they had, like, a third-string goalie in for Toronto. Yeah, it was like, was her. I think it was Hutch. I think it was Hutchinson. That game was just – It might have been that game was fantastic it was so amazing i loved that experience it was really cool see i got old memories but i don't i don't know i don't remember them well enough to say that was like the most electric atmosphere i've been in i remember the old building the devil's play and i remember continental it was so compact the hallways were small the seats were small once you got upside up up up, uh, higher up and Everything was concrete, and the noise bounced. And if the Devils scored and you were in the nosebleeds, it shook back and forth, which was phenomenal. It was crazy. But I have to say, that Toronto game was good. And I've been to Devils playoff games where the atmosphere has also been great. But I was in a Devils-Bruins game up in Boston, and I have never seen a crowd like I had at that game in between the overtime and the shootout. And they played uh, that song by the Dropkick Murphys. I can't remember the name for some reason. I'll Shipping up to Boston. Up to Boston. Yeah, they played that. <laughs> and the fucking place went nuts. It rocked. I also remember before the renovation at Boston Garden, they had the whole – they had the blue and yellow uh, – the black and yellow seats – which are way better than the seats they have now, the all-black. I mean, it matched the team's sweaters. It was phenomenal. And the Bruins won in a shootout, which wasn't so good for me. But I, I, <laughs> I had never been – I had I, I would have went to a Bruins playoff game this year if uh, – because I got family up there. I would have, like, begged for tickets if 
the playoffs would have happened with fans up in Boston. I would have begged to go up there and see a game because I, I had never seen anything like that. So you talk about the, the seats at Boston Garden, the old black and yellow. Real runs remember the purple and teal and MSG. Oh, before the big renovation? For oh, the my God. Wait, it's when like, the Rangers like, had to play a whole month on the road? Yeah, they, they had to play a whole month on the road because they were pulling out every seat making sure it wasn't purple and teal. It was the ugliest color scheme ever. <laughs> it was just so bad. I remember I'm like, oh, my God, why is it purple and teal? Of all colors, like, none of your teams are purple and teal. They're either blue, white, red, or orange. Why purple and teal? And they had also, like, these tight concourses, and I couldn't move. Oh, my God, it was a nightmare. MSG's renovation that they just recently did, like, I think two or three years ago, it it is very nice now. It was much, much needed. Like, I I went to a billion dollars or something like that. It was a ridiculous amount. They put I went to a concert there uh, last September or the September before that. It, it's it's a gorgeous stadium, like absolutely oh, awesome. beautiful. Seats are amazing. Have you sat in the chase deck? Um, like on the on the bridge uh, yeah. for a concert, half not for a game. I've sat there for. What's Billy. it? What's it like up there? It's nice. Uh, the, you, it's actually better than the blue seats because the blue seats are blocked by the bridge. So when you're, when you're all the way up there, you can pretty much see everything from above. It was awesome for a concert. Um, I don't know about how it is for basketball or hockey games, but concerts, it was pretty good. I mean, One of the more expensive seats in the arena, too. Yeah, I know it is, even though how high it is, too. I just, I always want to get to Madison Square Garden, but the problem is the pricing. Like, oh, it's ridiculous. Expensive. And have, I, I'm not like, going for anything other than Devils. Buy it immediately. Yeah. You have to buy it immediately. Because when I, I got tickets to uh, the Vic Hadfield retirement game. Yeah, I remember you went to that. So I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? So I ended up getting pretty good seats, like 150 a pop at the, on the middle concourse i was like i can't turn that down what's a number what's a number retirement like at msg because i was at eliash and brodor in new jersey oh what was was the atmosphere like at msg so it really wasn't as loud as you'd think it would be because there were people running really really late like pretty much the whole bowl was it was pretty much empty really yeah I'm like, oh, there's when did really- they start the ceremony? They started an hour before game time. So it was the Sunday. Six? I'd say probably around six. I mean, let me check my that's, phone. So that's still-, still, even on a Sunday, that's still a tough time for New York, I feel like. I still have like all the, the photos on here. I can check with the time on my, my phone. Because once you start getting below that seven o'clock, I mean, you still got people working at six, even on Sundays, you know? Uh, okay, so the number raising actually took place at 520. Okay. And the game started at 6. 520 weird is a weird time for New York City, especially if you want to get people in. But it's, it was – I'll tell you this. If you have the opportunity to go to a number retirement in MSG, take it and run with it. I mean, just, it was there's so something about cool. that building for some reason. People say, like, there's an aura there when you go. They're not lying. Like, there's something about it when you go. Like, oh you you would have experienced it, man. I, Toronto hockey. 
It is the epicenter of hockey. There is nothing like it. I still plan on Absolutely. trying to go up next year. You got to. You got it. It is phenomenal. All right, so we're going to wrap this episode. Last week we had a trivia question, and after some debate and research within the group, we finally found the answer. The question was, uh, what player has taken part in the most regular season wins? And originally, the question I saw was written in 2008. The answer was from 2008. And in 2008, the answer would have been Scott Stevens. Now, the answer has changed. The answer is Nicholas Lindstrom. He has been a part of the most regular season wins in NHL history. And there's now also, I think it's four players ahead of Scott Stevens. That's how many have passed him since Scott Stevens retired. It's, it's Lindstrom, Chelios, Marlowe, then Scott Stevens. Chelios on Atlanta. Yep, Chelios on Atlanta passed, and Marlowe's still playing with Pittsburgh. So this week's trivia question is as follows. Steve Eiserman, longtime captain of the uh, Detroit Red Wings, scored, I think it was 628 goals in his career. He scored his 500th career goal against a Hall of Fame goaltender. Who was that goaltender? So the question is, what Hall of Fame goaltender did Steve Eisman score his 500th career NHL goal against? So just hit us in the comments of the show, and uh, we'll see if anybody can get it. I mean, it's really just one Google search away, but we really hope people are more, have more integrity than that, even though I don't expect that much. Want to thank everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Next week, hopefully, we'll have a little bit more news on phase two of the NHL's operation when it comes to getting plays started again because we are dying to see some friggin' hockey. It is Figured we, do, we should also plug the finals of the Weird Teams bracket. Oh, yes. Our, the Too Many Men sponsored finals of the Weird Teams bracket. Uh, Wayne Gretzky eliminated by Michael Jordan in the final four, and the final will be Babe Ruth versus Michael Jordan. Babe Ruth on the on Boston that. Braves, Michael Jordan on the Washington Wizards. And you can vote on that on various different platforms. Yes, Twitter, uh, Eric's Twitter page, the Too Many Men Instagram page, my Instagram page. So, And we'll reveal the winner on that next week. Yes, we will. And we'll also talk about that on the 100th episode of Too Many Men next week. That's taking place next week. It was supposed to take, take place this week, but with all the finals and everything, we, I just couldn't, couldn't get in the right headspace to do it. So I want to thank you for listening. We will see you next week, and hopefully we'll have some more hockey news there.